0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters Chris Scales. Hey, Mike. Tony Groves. Good evening. Will Gibson.
1: How's it going, guys?
0: And special guest Bobby Jonas.
2: How you guys doing?
0: Hey, welcome. Alright, well you. let's Glad start Yeah, let's start with you Bobby. Uh thanks for coming. Um we'll start out with the fact that you just joined uh our team here at Tefosi Racing and that's why you're here and uh welcome uh, to the team and it's been fun to have you around so far. We already run one race uh together, you know, with different splits, but but uh, let's talk a, a little bit and learn about you. Uh, when did you hear about iRacing and what brought you to iRacing? How did you hear about it?
2: I heard about iRacing back when the NASCAR 2003 simulation was a big deal. Um, and it took me about two years to jump over. Just the mods were so popular for 2003. The crowd was pretty good. And I just I eventually looked into some, getting some better competition. That's what led me to iRacing.
0: Yeah, and you've been around a long time looking at your stats page. Uh, 2010 was the first year, so that's eight years now.
2: Yeah, it's hard to believe it's been that long.
0: All right. And your winning percentage overall on the Oval, 3.5%. That's actually pretty good over eight years.
2: Yeah, I just hit my uh, 600 start today, actually. So it's kind of been fun, but. It's been pretty fun. I've gotten to win some good races. I won the Brickyard 400 back when it was a special event, and that was a big one. Um, there there's some other small events that have meant a lot.
0: Okay. Tell us about how often do you race and what series are you normally running?
2: Typically, I do run the NIS series, the Open. Um, I'm much more suited to Open racing than I am fixed racing for some reason. Uh, maybe it's my racing background, but um, I do like the Cup cars, any kind of short track car. Um, Road racing is something I would like to get more into, Um, just not my forte, so it's a learning curve. Um, I I don't get to race as much as I used to with the newborn baby, about four months old right now, so it's kind of slowed down a little bit, but it's starting to ramp back up here now with uh, joining you guys.
0: Cool. Yeah, we we, uh, run a little bit of road. Um, David Flowers, uh, one of the admins, he will put together a couple cars probably for the 24 hour of Lama and uh you know several of us are going to be running in that so if you can run it and you got the equipment and the the track and everything pretty you're certainly welcome uh what about leagues any kind of leagues or disofficial
2: uh i used to run some leagues and i found i was getting too distracted from practice i just didn't have the time to practice for two leagues and then run nis and i really wanted to focus on the nis series the last year and a half two years and it's just it's kind of where my focus has shifted to all
0: right tell us about your hardware software what kind of wheels and pedals how many monitors and third-party software
2: i uh, currently i'm using a custom-built 8020 chassis solution i've got four monitors to. i use three for racing and then i use the uh, the timing software up top um And that's been a big help because it does give you a fairly accurate, you know, countdown on your fuel, how many laps you got remaining, and timing and scoring. And it also shows your I rating. That's a Joel, real timing. Yes, correct. And it's a big help to know who's around you sometimes. It can really help you avoid, you know, getting into trouble and not having solid finishes. And I do use a Fanatec wheel with a Fanatec uh, wheelbase, along with a shifter and pedals from them, the V3 pedals, not the inverted, just the regular ones. And I've got their shifter, the H-Pattern.
0: Yeah, and you showed me a picture of your rig, and you have great FOV, by the way. It looked like it was right on, uh, really, uh, probably 174 or something.
2: Yeah, I've got some background in working on race cars, so I've spent some time sitting in them. So it's kind of just mashed up what I would see out of a real race car versus what I see in the the simulator.
0: Yeah. And I like the fact that you had your Joel real timing up above on your fourth monitor. Uh, Does the fact that it's color coded and you can see it in your peripheral vision help you with anything? Like you can see somebody's falling through the field because all of a sudden there's a red line and it's going down the screen.
2: It does, and I'm willing to bet you there's a feature that a lot of people miss, too, that's really handy. is so You can custom color drivers. So, like, my teammates will be a different color than me. I always highlight myself yellow just because it's easier to see. But my teammates will be green, so I can just visually tell how close you guys are. And then you can highlight drivers that you had maybe, let's just say, issues with in the past. You can highlight them a different color, so you know if they're closing in on you, maybe just to give them a little more room, just let them by. Um, the cool thing with that software is, too, um, uh, my fiance, Melissa, she'll help me a lot during the races and she will sit in another room or the desk next to me on my laptop and she can see that same software and then look at the data and interpret it too and see who's coming and going.
0: That is really cool. Uh built-in crew chief there.
2: Yeah, she's, she's been a big help. I mean, she's helped me and Joe and, uh, the other guys I've worked with before just on, letting us know how many times guys are pitting, you know, what they're doing for lap times and. Just kind of like, you know, basic stuff that you may miss while driving.
0: Yeah, it does work really good. And the other thing that I like it about it is when people pit, it's very visual. You can see when people are pitting. When otherwise, if you're just looking at your relative, you're only seeing the people around you. You really don't have that awareness that you have when you have this in front of you.
2: Yeah, it's, actually, it's a fairly complete software cause and you can see guys who maybe have damage, they'll show up. But, you know, like, unfortunately, Chris was in some stuff <laughs> in the race earlier, and he had pitted, like, 11 times. And you can see that, and you kind of can tell who's got maybe something going on with their car. Or maybe it's just not right. All
0: right. Uh, your most memorable iRacing moment?
2: Honestly, probably that Brickyard 400 win um, quite a few years back. I think it was the last one they did as a special event. Um back when they still had the COT car. It was a track I typically had struggled at outside of an IndyCar. And for some reason, for whatever reason, that race, it just clicked. About halfway through, it really just, I started, my lap times just started dropping, and I started making clean laps and really started moving up through the field and using pit strategy to get up a little bit closer. And then uh, I had to hold them off on some older tires, and it worked out in my favor with just being able to hold onto the car, single-file track.
0: Yeah, it's no easy track, that's for sure.
2: No, but it's so much fun. I'm looking forward to going there again.
0: All right, well, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the team. Uh, Let's jump into NASCAR iRacing Series results, Daytona. Let's talk about the rest of the week after our last podcast. Uh, We talked about Thursday Open. I had won the day before my NIS Open, my first of the year. Uh, So, let's pick up at Thursday fixed. Uh, I got P-22. They actually stacked up on a restart, and I creamed the guy ahead of me. Like, totally creamed him. He had no back in. I had a bit over two minutes damage, but was completely slow after the repairs were done. So, I just struggled around for P-22. Uh, Chris, uh, you didn't do any better, P-24.
3: No, and I got wrecked a couple times that race. And uh, the first time, I think, was running in the top three. And I, we had a bunch of wrecks all week, uh, particularly early in the week, where guys were getting wrecked out of, like, the top five. It was nuts. And yeah, the guys got beat up on that one and then, yeah, about finished 24th.
0: Yeah, and the next night, Friday, opened 20th for you, but you had the pole.
3: Yeah, and it was the same thing. I got the pole, and I... Man, I can't remember races a bit, a little while. I wasn't lean at the time because I had screwed up when I came down pit road and lost the lead and then ended up getting spun just as just like the other one where somebody just didn't, you know, woe up into the corner for <laughs> whatever reason. Well, Daytona, it seem, seems
0: one. like the wrecks were up front a lot, you know?
3: Yes, yeah, so this one, I, I wasn't wrecked up front, but again, for the majority of the week, for myself and teammates, that seemed to be what happened. Like the it was no safe place to be running, including the lead.
0: Yep. Uh, fixed on Saturday morning, teammate Greg Hectus, P-26. Uh, he said he started P-14, got wrecked out by the same guy twice. Uh, that's always insult to injury, you know, the first time. You you think the guy would give you a little bit of room next time, but nope, he'd get, get you again, huh? Want we'll to talk about that later? <laughs> All right, and let's jump to uh, Sunday Open uh Tony, let tell us about your run p fifteen but you had a poll, yeah, yeah, I mean that that was
4: crazy exciting. that was my first n i s poll, so I was uh awesome. I was like, yeah, I was fired right up, ready to go um and oh boy, oh boy, uh Daytona, roll the dice, uh lap three, somebody decided to uh try and take it three wide. They couldn't hold the line, and they spun me um took about twenty five uh seconds worth of damage which wasn't too bad um but you know the car was still crazy fast uh it didn't take me no time at all to to get back up to the front um you know after the the second caution i was i was caught right back up and uh uh chris and i were actually able to to run out front um i was uh pushing him for a whole uh, fuel run and then uh you know 15 laps to go I, I, I would have been top five anyhow, um, coming through the tri-oval, passing, uh, some lapped cars. We were, uh, forced to go to the outside and I just spun. I don't know, uh, what happened. I might've tried to, uh, I might've got out of line a little bit, tried to overcorrect and yep. She just got loose and, uh, that was it. P 15. That was uh really crappy finish for how well I was running the whole race, but say la V right.
0: Was that nerves because you guys were in position? and it, I don't
4: know. It could have been. We could say that. I, I, I think I was feeling pretty comfortable, but I know I was starting to get uh, getting a little excited. I was hoping to, to be able to uh, battle Chris um, coming down to the
3: last few laps. I I'd actually, I actually yeah, I think I it was put... more in the, oh, okay go ahead.
2: I was actually pushed Tony back up there from that grief-like pit stop, and we had caught the lead pack pretty quick. And then when his car came around, there was a set of lap cars on the inside that were they were bouncing around pretty good, and it probably upset the air off his car. Because I had backed off of him, just to give him some room through the trial, because the cars do get light. I didn't want to spin them. So, and I think the one car just moved up a little bit, and it when it pushed the air, it brought him around.
3: Yeah, yeah, I was going to say the same. I think it was a combination of air. And that, that set, it was yeah, it was a bullet, but it, it would get a little loose up top. But it would only happen, it happened to me once, once in the race, in the entire race, and maybe a few times the entire week. So it wasn't predictable, but yeah, it was probably a combination of yeah, beat-up car, bad air, and that thing just came around like, like it had a flat tire. I mean, it was quick.
0: Okay, so, but you went on to win after Tony spins off. You're by yourself without help in the top five. How do you win this race?
3: Well, because, and actually I should have lost the race because I wasn't watching my rear view enough and they got racy behind me. And so they were going, they were doubling up behind me and left me by myself. But I got probably four car lengths ahead of the field. So what should have happened, is both lanes were going to get a, a big run and I was going to pick one to block and I was going to get ran over because there was no checking up at that point. I was just going to get wrecked probably when they when they got a big run because I wouldn't check up either. But um, a guy ended up trying to make it go three wide. Then he kind of backed off and came down into one of the cars on the inside lane and spun him and brought out a caution just as we brought came out to, for the white flag and that finished it.
0: And you had the track position, so you won the race. Nice. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. I said I had a had a nice lead when the caution came out, but yeah, if we would have went green, it probably wouldn't have probably would've, probably have ended badly for me.
0: Okay, so let's go in your year in review now. You got two wins, only at Daytona though. So I was calling you Michael Waltrip.
3: Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to get something at a mile and a half before I could shake that for sure. Yeah, the, I mean the set that Mike Morley got. Us User was just entered your so channel. Fast. I mean it was really, it was that that fat. That was, the set was, the set was so good, and then from there it was just circumstances. Like I don't know if Tony would have ever not been leading that race if he wouldn't have got spun there at the beginning, because it, that's kind of we kind of stunk up the show. I mean we had those couple of cautions, and then I led from there on out, and like the car was just quick.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you had it covered whether Tony wrecked or not, but yeah, that's good. Good win. I mean, uh, second win of the year. Um, that's awesome. I got one this in uh, Daytona as well. So that's two for the week. Uh, so we had one more event Sunday fixed. Uh, I ran it P four. <clears throat> I was outside on the restart, uh, final restart, uh, front row. And, uh, it just killed me being on the outside. Um, and ended up P four because I, have you know, started on the outside and just couldn't get to the bottom, you know, and it was just like that if you didn't have help. Uh, but I was in position, you know, I was there, I was where I should be normally, so I was pleased. Um, Chris, you got P6, but got spun early.
3: Yeah, I th- I put got spun, but I think I actually did the spinning in that race. Wow. Because uh, we, um, I don't know, maybe 30 laps in or so, the uh, the inside line was just hard to follow I mean, these guys were everywhere and me and a couple other guys started trying to make something happen up high and we had finally we started picking off cars and i just got too aggressive going down the straightaway and he turned just a little bit and i was pushing too hard and spun him spun the two of us so yeah i think that was actually my fault but yeah i ended up recovering for a a six that race which was pretty good
0: yeah and then tony your best result p6
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I qualified ninth in that race. Um, Not my best qualifying by far, but for the fixed, eh, it's okay, I guess. Um, But I was uh, I was trying to stream that race and um, found out I I can't stream super speedways. My computer just cannot handle all that business going on. Um, I had a had a blinking issue. So I I, I came down into the pits, um, killed the stream. And, you know, I was uh, I come back out a lap down. Um, but I was able to fight and I, I made my way, uh, back to the front. Um, and then, you know, the last few laps of the race, uh, tried to make a move. Um, I think I was fourth, I was sitting third or fourth. Um, ended up getting spun just before the finish line and, uh, finished with a P6. So I don't think I finished one race last week without, uh, getting creamed sometime during the race.
0: So that's three top tens of the three of us. Also, Phil uh, Linden, our teammate, he qualified, pole and got P3. And he led the first 19 laps and held the bottom all race, stayed in front of all the wrecks, and somehow uh, made something happen with Tony at the end. So uh, you were working with Phil there. He ended up with a P3. Uh, Greg also ran P30, started P5 around lap lap 20 on a restart on the outside lane, he went to shift into fourth, and for some reason, on the shifter, the fourth position registered second. He blew his motor and got spun out and wrecked. So that's that a bummer to
2: me last week as well. That same issue. Uh, Phil, uh, <laughs> I don't know
4: why he doesn't come and race uh, NIS more often. Um, I know at the super speedways, man, he is. He is so good. He is so smooth. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, he's I, more, he's not really an yeah. oval guy, I would say, but he really does shine on
3: these super speedways. Yeah, I was going to chime in and say the same thing. That's funny. Yeah, he every time he pops into an NIS race, he kills it.
4: Yeah, talking about my race, I forgot that I was racing with Phil and <laughs> I didn't bother reading the line above. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, he was, he was, he was up front, like, the whole race, and... Uh, yeah, we we were trying to work together near the end. Um, he, he, it definitely worked uh, much better in his favor.
0: All right, so that's Daytona, and now we transition to Kentucky, or rec, Rectucky, as I call it. Uh, it wasn't too bad in my splits. Wednesday fixed, I got a P8. Uh, green flag run, pitted... Uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, into the green flag and then the yellow came out. So I ended up getting a wave by and then caution, uh, a few laps later. So it all worked out and got back on the lead lap P eight. So I was really happy with that result considering it's not a restrictor plate. It was a good run for me. And then I backed it up in Wednesday nights open, uh, with a P two. Um, and I didn't have anything for the leader at all. Uh, but, Man, I ran top 10 most of the night. I was, you know, probably the back half of the top 10. Uh, but somehow, you know, just with the wrecks and the pitting and stuff, I just would gradually get spots and somehow ended up second at the end. And uh, really happy with that result. Uh, Chris, uh, you ran that night P11. Good good one for you.
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, for that one, I just put Gregory McKnight is an asshole. And I usually wouldn't say somebody's name on the podcast if they wrecked me, but it's like you said earlier, that was the two wreck rule. <laughs> he he, doored me into the wall uh, early in the race and pretty much destroyed my car. And then I was just kind of riding around, um, just trying to log laps and survive the nightmare that was that race. And he hit the wall another time, and I, I couldn't quite avoid him and end up clipping him when he came down left off of it. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe he was just having a bad day. Maybe it was an internet connection, but
0: so he got you twice. Did he apologize the first time? Uh,
3: yeah. The first time he said, sorry, I didn't see you there. I was like, well, I would hope not, you know, but whatever, <laughs> get a spotter. Yikes. But, yeah. I mean, he, for all I know, I, I don't know the guy. He might like, uh, take orphan kids to ball games on the weekends. I don't know, but right now he's not my friend.
0: <laughs> all right. And, uh, Tony, you were excited, I remember, coming into this race. And right in the at the beginning, lap 1, you blew your motor. No, not
4: quite. Um I yeah, I was I was excited. That I'm really digging this track. Um it's my my first time at this track. Um you know, uh practice was going real well. I was starting to get the groove of it. Um but You know, uh, I got caught in lap one shenanigans, um, and (laughs) I just could not get slowed up. I had absolutely nowhere to go. There was cars from the the top wall right to the bottom wall. There was not a hole to be seen. Um, so I came in and, uh, it was about 30 seconds, uh, required. Oh, I took that and I, I got back out and, uh, I think it was under caution, um, yeah i i missed a shift and blew a motor um that really really sucked um the set seemed to work really well for me um you know once i got going again i mean it was basically for nothing i was just trying to squeak out a top 20 if i could um it it did work in my favor but uh that that car like as beat up and as it was man it was still fast and after about you know 8 laps i was just i was catching guys like no problem but uh overall that that race was just an absolute shit show um i think it was by lap 20 i think we only had about 14 guys on the lead lap it was that that's was a just, f- wow yeah i mean it's just complete silliness um everybody you know has to win on the first lap and just oh it was it really was dumb
0: yeah All right, uh, moving on to today's race, uh, this morning, uh, P15 for me, top split it was, uh, which is really hard. Uh, Lots of green flag run. We didn't get a caution for a very long time. I forget how long it was. Um, But when they did come out, I had luck with it. It was when I needed it. Um, Near the end, I actually got a lucky dog. Now, before that, uh, a guy ran over me on a restart They were kind of checking up, and he kind of went to go below me, but he didn't completely, and he just kind of ran into me. But he was very apologetic on the radio. He sent me a private message during the race a couple times and was very apologetic. But anyway, that put me back. I I, I kind of wonder how I would have ran if that hadn't have happened. But um, anyway, near the end, I got a lucky dog and pitted, uh, you know, because you get to pit when you get the lucky dog. We went green for like maybe two, three, maybe three laps. And then it went uh, caution. So I stayed out because I only had two or three laps on my tires. Everyone pits. I'm staying out. I'm the leader. Okay. So I have all these people who are laps down who want their lap back and they're not happy with me. And uh, I'm staying out because I was near the end of the lead lap. If I would have pitted, I still would have been at the lead, you know, the end of the lead lap. So it was kind of a risk, but with 20 to go, I was thinking maybe if it goes yellow over and over and over, you know, I might end up with a top five or a top ten in the, you know, top split. I might not fade too too bad. Uh, so I tried it. Um, it didn't actually pan out how I hoped. I didn't get the cautions I wanted, and it went green for that 20 laps, and basically I fell back to 15. So that's what I got. But I took a risk and tried to, you know, make something happen. Uh, you know, with I think part of it was because I had a P2 the day before, I felt like, man, I got to try real hard and get, you know, I got to do better in that. And so I was trying to win, you know, take a chance, that kind of thing. Chris, uh, you got P13.
3: Yeah, it wasn't a particularly spectacular race. It was... Um Um, Bobby was actually in that race with me, and it was pretty much just like the one the day before. It was just one caution after another, and I was just getting off work, so I missed qualifying, didn't have any practice time, and started for pit road and just kept trying to avoid the wrecks and got caught up in a couple of them a little bit, but car was still in decent shape. I I was getting some damage fixed right before the last restart, and I think we actually went green for maybe the last, I don't know, 15 or 20 laps, and I wasn't caught up with the field when it came out, and so I, I just didn't have enough time. The car was still pretty quick. I just ran out of time and had too much track uh, to make up.
0: Yeah. And how'd you run, Bobby?
2: Uh, I was really happy with the setup. Um the setup came from Joe. We uh, have very similar driving styles, and Kentucky is definitely not one of my favorite places, and especially after last night's race with Tony, it was just a I mean, getting ranked on lap one was just frustrating. So I was like, well, maybe I'll have better luck on Thursday. And it started off a little promising. I think we were wearing, what, 10 laps, Chris, I think, without a yellow? 11 yeah, laps, something yeah. like that. And it was, I was like, okay, this is kind of promising. And uh, we qualified near the front. I think we were about fifth or sixth near the front. And uh took off pretty good. Guys were a little aggressive on the start. So I kind of just let them have it and started working my way back up. And I think we were fourth, I think, in the first one, I got pinched. The guy came down below the yellow line, going into turn one, and, and bounced off the wall and into me, sp- spun me into the wall a little bit. Saved it. Caution came out, and got it back to pit road, got damage fixed, and we were spying track position. And on a restart, I think we were sixth or seventh. Finally, and the dude just came up from the bottom of the track. The guy's just hot dogged in the corner and just wiped my left rear quarter panel out and spun us around, and kind of limped home. I think the eleventh or so.
0: Yep. Yeah, sounds like a limp home for sure, most of the race. You guys are just riding.
3: Yeah, pretty yeah. beat up.
0: All right, well, uh, Kentucky continues. Uh, New Hampshire next week. Uh, what do you guys think about New Hampshire? Uh, I think somebody on the team is already working on sets for next week. That's great.
3: I can only imagine it's another you know flat track with hardly any banking. I'm sure it'll be not a wreck fest at all.
2: Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. I actually like New Hampshire. It's one of the uh, it's a racy place.
3: Die bomb! It'll yeah, be my first time there, problem. actually. So, I'm not really. Yeah, I'm kind of hesitant. It sounds like it's going to be <laughs> another shit show.
0: All well, right. Did the the uh, New Hampshire fall race last year,
4: and for some reason, I have fond thoughts i don't have any memories because i've been hitting the head way too many times but i seem to have fond thoughts so i guess we'll wait to
2: next week to see there if we go. Uh, There's i'm some
3: up it'll myself. be a
0: <laughs> survival race in your split for sure
2: it's gonna be one of those races you're either really happy or really p.o'd at somebody <laughs>
0: Stay on the bottom. Uh, Don't go high. Because if you're high, you're at the mercy of the guy on the bottom. He'll come up into you, okay? So if you don't want to be wrecked, you stay to the bottom no matter what. Don't let him have the bottom. Anyway, let's keep moving. Official racing, uh, teammate, Brandon Newhouse, ran a rare race because he has been busy with life and kids and life and stuff. Uh, But he got a Daytona B car fixed victory. His first race in over a month, and he got the win. Uh, So good job, Brandon. Yeah, that's got to make you feel real good,
4: eh? If you're not able to get on the sim for a while, you know, in over a month, he comes in and brings it home. (laughs) Nice job, Brandon.
0: Fourth win for the team for Daytona, I think, for the week. So good job. Uh, Tony, talk about uh, Mitchell DeJong.
4: Yeah, real quick iRacing uh, Grand Prix World Championships. Mitchell DeJong wins at Imola, uh, or Imola, or however you want to tell. But uh, he goes from uh, third to first in the last uh, 10 laps, passing Peter Berryman and Martin Um uh, Mitchell's now leading the championship with 594 points over Gregor Hutu, sitting with 554.
0: So he's kicking ass at GRC. He's kicking ass at Formula One. I mean, this guy is a bomb.
4: Well, he's, yeah, he's obviously an alien. This guy just wins everywhere.
0: And he's a real life, you know, race car driver. You know, he runs, uh, well, it's not called GRC anymore. It's called whatever it's called, Rallycross. Let's jump into Peak. Uh, We got Zach Novak, uh, his first win of the year. I don't know if it's his first win ever. Uh, but he does hold off a late charge from Ryan Michael Lusa uh, at Chicagoland. So congratulations to uh, Zach. And it, it, what this was a classic spin and win. Chris and I were talking about this a little bit, but he spun getting on the pit road under green flag stops, and he had a really good recovery. He just kind of looped it back around and kept on going. It was one of like a super fast recovery, but he still lost, I don't know, you know, four seconds or something. But even after he spun off, uh, spun around on that green flag stops, he was near. He was up front on the final restart, and, and that obviously uh, helped him with that track position, and he was able to keep it.
3: It kind of shows you how you need to keep your head cool when you screw up, and you know you can still have a good finish, including winning the race. Because he did a great job of just not hitting the pit wall first of all, but then just spinning around so quick, and then he had to come back up and win. That's pretty serious
0: there was a big wreck at the end too uh it was uh alfala he put up a video of him uh getting caught up in that and he ended up barrel rolling his car over and over but he really got taken out all right will what do you got for eldora
1: yeah, uh, Tim Ryan won at Adora in the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars. Um, Alex Bergeron ended up finishing P2. Um, him and Chris Branner battled all race, throwing slide jobs back and forth. It was um really great racing to watch at the front of the field, and it looks like the last patch to the dirt surface is um, going in the right direction. So these pro races have been better and better week in and week out, and iRacing's making the proper changes, so it's really good to watch
0: and we're getting different winners too it's not always the same people I kind of like that
1: yeah a few weeks ago I mean Alex picked up a couple in a row but then he had his issues in his heat race which put him in the back of the B and he put on a great show but it kind of gives other guys opportunities so it's it's a really competitive field out there there's a good I would say maybe 5 to 10 drivers that could win any race so um, it's really good stuff to watch
0: yep all right, let's jump at the topics. Uh, I reported last week to iRacing that the same thing happened, uh, happened to me at Talladega, happened last week at Daytona, where if my max car count was at 64, uh, I would have severe, severe blinking problems. The moment I switched it to 20, I had no problem for the rest of the week. And I'm not the only one. There were other people that reported this. There was a big thread in the... NIS forums uh, started by Michael Kaczynski, and there were several people who uh, also had weighed in and said they had they had personally had problems or had seen other people having problems like this as well. So anyway iRacing did respond to my thread and uh, I'm going to read what they said here. We think there was a combination of changes over time that are causing the remote versions of the NIS cars to bottom out at the super speedways rules changes eliminating minimum rear spring rates ride heights in season one and some changes to remote cars to make them not ride so high in the rear in a later build and this would cause increased cpu usage we're investigating a way to not inflict inflict the increased cpu usage and so what they're saying is the reason i'm having the problem is the cars all bottom out they're all in the corner in a pack and in front of me at the same time, and they're in the corner at the same time. and they're all bottoming out at the same time, and somehow that's causing a, a spikeage to the CPU usage. And that's affecting a lot of people with uh, you know computers that are not the best uh, like mine. And uh, that's really what's going on. And I do understand that a post uh, or excuse me, a release was released earlier today that fixed it. So yeah, It
3: seems like that makes sense to me. I mean, especially, um, I mean, as far as their explanation, especially since this keeps popping up at Daytona and Talladega and it doesn't seem to be an issue anyplace else.
0: Before I even ran a lap at Kentucky, I moved the setting back to 64 on the max car count, and I never had a problem blinking at all at Kentucky. Yeah. See, yeah, it seems it's like they're right on. What's cool is they fixed it. They heard me, they heard me, and they fixed it. That is awesome. All right, Chris, what's next?
3: Um next is a uh, forum post from David Tucker explaining some changes they're going to be making to the cameras for next season. Um and you might want to check this out if you do any kind of video editing on here because you might pop in there and find out that the kind of the default um camera um it's the volumes positions are of the different. Cameras. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically what the everything defaults to. So a particular um and it looks like it has mostly to do with the, yeah, the um, camera volume. So I guess like if a car is going by, you know, this camera as opposed to this camera, the difference that you're going to hear in volume. I think most people kind of turn some of that stuff down anyway. But besides that, as far as why I thought this was interesting, they also have um, some of the video hotkeys and this um, um, forum thread as well. So if you're and a lot of those were kind of hard to find. So it's kind of a all one play, all one thread to find some of this information.
0: Yeah, pretty cool. They're gonna re- basically change all the volumes on all the cameras. So if you use those in your production, you might, you know, be aware.
3: Yeah, you don't want to be making something and then find out that <laughs> everything's that way out of whack. I guess at least this way people have some heads up. I can't do any of that stuff, but.
0: Alright, Tony, what's next? Yeah, this is a really uh
4: really interesting one. This is an article come out from uh digitaltrends.com, Um and it's uh researchers uh <clears throat> researching how uh using uh full motion racing simulators are helping uh stroke victims to be able to get back behind a wheel. Um it's uh with with the full motion um helps to you know, simulate all the G forces and The motions of the vehicle and to help retrain uh, these people that have you know lost some of their um, abilities because of strokes and 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 such but uh, you know hopefully get them back back driving again and then using it in a nice safe environment.
0: That's the thing it's uh, when you have a stroke you do have to relearn that your brain has to be taught how to do a certain thing again and and I under the way I read this article, it sounds like, you know, they're doing it to get the brain, hey, if you turn the wheel this way, this is what happens. If you run into the wall, it feels like this. You know, if you push the gas, it does this. And, and your brain absorbs all these things that are happening while you're in the simulator, and it helps the brain recover quickly because you're giving it stimuli to actually uh, train with, so to
4: speak. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um yeah, you know, they uh strokes have <laughs> huge effects as anybody that's knows anybody that's gone through that or have gone through that themselves. I mean, uh walking and talking can be a heck of a chore and really hard to to relearn, um let alone being able to to get back behind the wheel. Um so if <laughs> I I see a lot of positives. I don't see any any real downside. Um hopefully uh you know this this is this does the trick for people
0: yeah pretty cool all right let's jump to the next one uh this last weekend at daytona in real life racing at the truck race justin haley lost the race or got the win taken away because he went below the yellow line breaking the long known yellow line rule at the restrictor plates and we have a similar rule in iRacing. Um, now, it's not enforced by iRacing, but it is protestable, meaning if you do go below the yellow line and advance your position or something along those lines, it can be protested, and iRacing may or may not punish you because of that. But Regardless, I thought we should talk about it because it did come up in, in NASCAR. First off, what did you think about Justin's move? Did you think he actually gained a position by going below the yellow line. It looks like he, he, he had plenty of room. He didn't have to go down there, and if he didn't, he would have been just fine. But when he did go down there, he was actually technically the already the leader, even though he hadn't completed the pass.
3: Uh, I think I, I saw it from my point of view. Yeah, he just totally broke the rule. He didn't have to. He didn't have to go down there. He made a mistake. It costs him the race. I, it sucks because it shouldn't have but it it he broke the rule, and they had they had to call it because otherwise they would have been they would have looked terrible it would have, it would have been a lot worse if they didn't call it, but yeah, I think they should just get rid of the line because kinda of like what you said with iRacing, we all know that it's there, it's protestable, and it's never been an issue in any of my races' Why not? they should do the exact same thing in NASCAR, get rid of the rule, but know that you know they could come up for review if you use it
0: okay, a couple uh, things when I won a fixed at Daytona last week. I was below the yellow line when I got to the checker. Now, I was the leader coming out of four. He was behind me. He came up to the outside and was trying to get a run. I didn't want him to side draft me, so I went low, as low as I could go. And it worked. I was able to stay in front of him, and he didn't win the race. But is that against the rule? I mean, I already had the position. And so that's kind of questionable. NASCAR would probably you know, penalize me based on what I saw this week.
3: Yeah, they probably would, and like I said, I think iRacing I has it right, and I don't think, and I think if they had the same kind, kind of rule in in NASCAR, then you'd see the same thing, because like you said, you did do that at the end of the race on the last lap, but how many times did you see somebody do something like that during the rest of the race? Like, everybody seems to, you know, if they go hit that apron, it's on accident, not trying to advance their position.
0: Well, I was down there on purpose, you know, I won't, I'll say that, but the guy I'm racing, he didn't protest me. You know, he was okay with it. I mean, I didn't, like, steal the win. I didn't go from, like, second or third and end up winning. That's my point. I was first. Yeah. And I finished yep. first. But, uh,
2: yeah. I got a little different view on that one. Um, I had a pretty pretty good view of the whole race um, for us at the track. You were there? The, the momentum carried him down to the yellow line. His tires were literally on top of that second line. Which according to the rule book, you're still good. And if your nose is out front, and the caution would have came out, he would have been the leader to win the race. So how can that? I mean, so at that point, to me, he is past the point of passing. So he is technically the leader. How do you not? How do you penalize somebody from gaining first to like what do you? I mean, if you're first, how do you get penalized?
0: Yeah, and Bobby, what you just said is what half of Twitter said that night, too. There was quite a discussion uh, on social media, Uh, people saying, hey, it's a legal move, and people saying, hey, it's not so legal. Um, I think the linchpin in this whole conversation is Brad Keselowski. Um, He's the only one, he's the one who didn't lift when Carl, he sent Carl up into the fence that one time, because... He decided not to lift, you know. And uh...
2: I mean, at this point, I mean, I, if you want to keep the yellow line rule for the race, I'm good with that. But to say, hey, off of four, as long as you don't cause a major wreck, it, it's fair game. And if you do cause a major wreck, expect to get fined. Period.
1: Well, I think the rule was intended to keep cars out of the grandstands and a safety factor, and it really does nothing on that front. I mean, I think it was it two or three Daytonas. Ago they um, Austin Dillon got up in the fence and Oh yeah, tore the fence down Larson did it in a Xfinity car I think his first race and
2: Yeah, Larson's motor ended up at about five rows up
3: So yeah.
1: the rule's Not doing anything positive For safety, but it's Negative towards the way fans View the sport It shouldn't be this controversial whether a guy won or not um, It's not Football, it's not baseball We're not going back to review the play um, I think there's a lot of interpretation and no good rule has interpretation. It's black or white. Um, I don't know. Is it two tires? Is it four tires? Do you don't go under that line at all? Even if you are the leader, like say in your instance, Mike, in your race, I mean, there's so much interpretation,
0: and right? There's so there's many no different positives. variables. Yeah. It, Just
3: that's why that's... get rid of it. Yeah, exactly. That's why they need to, what they need to do. They need to get rid of the rule because that's that's right. If As long as you have a rule, there's going to be good and bad ways to look at it. And that's why I think it's crappy. I think NASCAR made the right call only because it was the the better of the, cause if they would have, if you would have won the race and people would have seen how people would have had the same type of opinions and they would've, it would have looked a lot worse on them, I think. If, well,
2: I think you had two other things come into play. You had a cup driver at that point win the race.
3: So the that optics sucked. on
2: that aren't good. And that's that's going to be what a lot of fans see is the optics of it. Not, Yeah, you know, they're not worried about the, the rule book. They just see what the outcome is.
3: Yeah, they haven't been and, watching and the races for get the, the get last three years. Kid, and Yeah, seeing those rules, they really just well. saw this one race.
0: They had both cars doing burnouts at the end. I mean, that's the problem. The oh, guy has, who crosses the checker first needs to win it no matter what.
1: I mean, I got two points here. One. You could have an illegal car and they won't take a win away. Um, yeah. so if a guy barely touches the line, but you'll take it away, and I don't think it's right, but I think one cool thing is we, we have iRacing, NASCAR could host races with drivers and test things out and see, hey, is this an improvement? Is this not an improvement? I like if they're gonna have that yellow line rule. I feel there needs to be a visible stripe on the splitter of the car that says, like, hey, if this crosses the yellow line at all, or, like, just make it visible, not up to interpretation if we are going to keep it. Um, I'm not saying we should, but there's a great tool in iRacing that NASCAR could test a bunch of stuff out and see, like, hey, what works, what doesn't, what puts on the best show. Oh.
2: Well they do use the, the uh, video game NASCAR was it NASCAR heat three in the driver's meeting to show what the rules are and it does state though for it to be a fraction on the advancement of the position, it has to be both side the uh, both left side tires have to be clearly over the line. See it's kinda like a, a hockey puck has to be clearly over the line for be a goal, it's kinda the same thing.
0: Yeah. The so line why? is two inches thick, right?
1: You know, and like why is this line two lines and like eight feet wide? Um, like I view the yellow line as actually the black stripe between the two yellow lines, and the center post of the car. Like if that was blow, I'd say yeah, that's an illegal pass. But the way I would view it is that's a clean pass because the center of the car is not over
2: the center of the line.
0: Yeah, they're saying the edge of the tire just went over just a hair.
2: Yeah. And the other thing too is if you look at if you slow it down and take the overhead cam or the overhead view of the 42 and the one. I don't know how those two didn't wreck each other. I really don't. Cause yeah. there was heavy contact.
3: Well, yeah, that's another way to look at it, Cause like you see them kind of juke left and that's why I thought he went down there because he thought that they were coming, going to be coming down towards him. And it was just a, a reflex.
2: Now. Yeah. Something else to think about too. His spotter probably said, Hey, those two are about to wreck. He probably never even saw it. His spotter probably said something to him and he just instantly moved to the left.
1: Now, would we be having the same discussion if they wreck, though? Because at that point, I mean, he's already in the lead. He's going down to avoid the wreck. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's so much interpretation. Yeah.
0: They better just to let him have good. it then.
3: Yeah. yeah. That's why I think they need to get rid of the line. They get rid of the rule and just tell the driver. It's like, all right, guys, just uh, mind Beware. your manners or we're going to bring it back. And I think that would be enough. <laughs> I mean,
2: you think the rules are vague? I mean, actually, go read the NASCAR. If you can get a hold of it, the NASCAR rule. It actually gets more vague the more you read it, to be honest with you.
0: They need to get rid of the pushing and the Xfinity as well, if that rule needs to go along with it. Let's keep moving. Uh, Tony, what's next? Top 10 highlights.
4: Yeah, yeah. So we got our first top 10 highlight video for the month of June. Um, oh, you guys thought of it. Um, I watched it. I dug it. I, I really did. Um, I didn't care for the music that they chose, but yeah. you know that's just me. Um, you know, maybe maybe some commentary throughout would have been nice. Now, what I did like is uh, uh, for the number one uh, section, you know, they took their time with it, they spread it out a little bit, and there was some commentary because I it sounded like it was a broadcasted race. Um, so I, I I really enjoyed how they how they finished it off. Um, overall, like the 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 editing, the production minus the the music. Um, you know, two thumbs up for me. I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I I did too. I, I I mean, it really highlights some great racing. At the end, the number one clip, the uh, Indy five hundred or the Indy race at Indy. Uh, boy, you know they're racing like five or six of them for the lead there, and it's just like nuts.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. they're pretty cool. I like that that uh, that five
4: wide section in the uh, in the late models, um, like <laughs> that was. Uh, it was it was pretty uh, pretty exciting video
1: uh, yeah if you actually watch clip number eight the guy makes the pass below the yellow line there to get that three wide win <laughs> yes.
0: there you go yep and they're hi- you know it's on their highlight reel but uh, yeah it's pretty cool i like it i like the idea of it i hope they keep doing it and it sounds like they're going to so keep I sending in those good. videos
4: we're going we're to have to get some Tafosi uh, highlights and uh, see if we can make the cut.
0: Yep. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, we got a new patch. Let's go through that. It is, uh, like I, f- I mentioned before, they fixed the issue I had with the cars bottoming out. Um, so they adjusted that. They called it a, f- a frame rate issue at the plate tracks. They adjusted the opponent vehicles to fix that. Um, Sonoma, a a pace car driver at this track, has received some additional training. He will no longer drive through the pit entry barrier. (laughs) And uh, let's see what else. Easy anti-cheat, a new library version was imported. um, That can more directly avoid issuing kicks if there's a substantial packet loss. We covered that a couple weeks ago. Uh, Some people in Europe with a certain ISP were having a problem, and they couldn't race. And so this is the fix for that. All right, let's keep moving. Hardware, software. Chris, you're up first.
3: Oh, is that the media thing? Oh,
0: media coverage is next, Uh, yes.
3: Yeah, so... um yeah, this was really cool. So iRacing tweeted a uh, video of Dale Jr. on, I think it was NASCAR America, talking, uh, telling a story about how he used iRacing to prepare to run, do some practice at Road Atlanta. Um, this, you should definitely check out the video. I mean, he just, as always, just praises iRacing. In this particular circumstance, he was, uh, was going to do some testing for Jimmy Johnson, and he didn't want, you know, he's a not a road racing guy and he's going to go test for jimmy johnson so he didn't want to look like an idiot so he did a bunch of practice on i i racing first and then when he got to the track he said it was just just as he expected like it wasn't a surprise to him but all the braking points and turn in points everything was so close that instead of spending half the day getting used to the track he just hopped right in trying to make the time he was already up to speed yeah and he ended up that weekend. I guess he he ran uh, the same times as Johnson did. So I mean, it, it and he was as always. I said, you know, high praises. Eye racing.
4: I love how uh, Dale talks about eye racing. Every time you, every video that they put out of him talking, man, he he's just he just he, he loves eye racing. He just throws out so real emotion about it. It uh, I, that's the biggest thing that kind of shines through for me. Yeah, um, it's
3: not just the, the story, but the tone of voice that he uses when he's telling. He's just so excited about it, about iRacing still. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And he's using it, you know, real time and for a real reason. So that's cool. All right, now let's jump to hardware software. Tony, you're next.
4: All right. This one's uh, this one's pretty cool. Uh, teammate uh, Greg Hectus is in the works to have Eric Luke from Apex Button Boxes on the show. Um, Eric uh, has been kind enough to send, uh, one of his, uh, button boxes to, to Greg for review in the next couple of weeks. Um, now I took a look at these button boxes and, uh, they, they are pretty, pretty slick looking. Um, I also see that they, they not only make button boxes, but push to talk buttons, uh, you can attach right to your wheel. So if you're, um, into that as well, um, what do you guys think of those, uh, button boxes he's got posted
0: up yeah, we've talked about these before they're really nice looking uh, this new product that he put out the uh, push to talk is very interesting too because then you that means you can get you a max Pappas wheel uh, MPI wheel it obviously doesn't have the buttons and you can attach this to it very easily
4: I think... oh. I'm sorry Tony yeah, sorry will I was just going to add uh, you said we've talked about them before and, I, and you know i'm sure we have my memory sucks but um i didn't recognize it now maybe they've changed the the design of a bit but um what really caught my attention was that brake bias dial um i really really like the style of that
0: yeah rotary kind of dial yeah
4: yeah but it's just kind of big and it's there it's easy to grab very noticeable um i just hadn't noticed that uh that before when we were talking about them before so
0: and he does colors and different things. And, yeah, that push-to-talk is only 45 bucks. Uh, I thought that was a good price, too. I
1: was going to say, yeah, I think that's one of the cheaper solutions I've seen when it comes to, like, push-to-talk buttons. Yep.
2: It is. I have been searching for one for Melissa to do the spotting with just to make it easier on her. And it's – they are – the ones I've seen are well over $100. Well, here you go. Yeah, so if uh... –
4: If any of you have any uh, questions you'd like us to ask, um, email us your questions at uh, iRacersLounge at gmail.com.
0: All right, perfect. All right, let's keep moving. I found a website called html5gamepad.com. html5gamepad.com. Open up this website on your SIM computer and then go and steer your steering wheel or go push one of your buttons, or push your brake panel, your brake, or your throttle, or your clutch, and it will tell you real-time what the computer is reading from that input device. And so it's kind of a neat little website to test to see, you know, is everything working right? Do all my buttons work? Is there a problem with mapping and that kind of stuff?
2: That's pretty cool. Definitely be easy, uh, helpful for troubleshooting.
0: Yeah, save that in your favorites for sure. Um, and when you need to troubleshoot, that's going to be real handy. Yeah. Okay, Chris, next.
3: Oh man, I was hoping you wouldn't get to this one. So I've been reading this forum post, and I can't get if they're trying to, if they're talking about the original the the memory slider that we have now, or or is this a different one other than the one? That well, we, this we is have. a
0: reminder, I think, of what the memory slider does in the graphics section. And he, what Sean Nash posted up here recently was, the video memory slider reduces how much video memory the sim will try to use. Lowering that works like the other slider, it doesn't affect anything other than reducing texture and geometry quality by loading smaller textures and less detailed models. If it is too high it can result in more transfers between the GPU and CPU which can make page faults. And so remember what those are. So one of them is your video memory and one of them is your system memory and you don't want to have it higher than what your memory card has available.
3: Okay, yeah, and so that's what um, confused me when you said other sliders. There's, so there's just the one memory slider, right? There's not more than one. Am I missing a setting?
2: I believe there's two: one for uh, your video memory and then your uh,
0: machine's memory. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's talking about. So there's two, yeah. and and so you just want to make sure those are set right. So like on mine, I think I have a three gigabyte video card. I got 16 gigabyte of Memory on the computer, so the the system one I have at max because the iRacing will never use more than eight, and then the, the video card one I have at three, which is like three quarters of the way up of the slider thing.
3: Okay, yeah, I just it's been a little while since I messed with those, and I completely forgot that it had the two different sliders, and that just confused me for a second. So
0: yeah, that's why <laughs> we're yeah, talking about it.
3: Yeah, definitely watch those though. I think I think usually. Um, if you run the the auto configure, that's probably going to be pretty accurate. But I know when I just I upgraded my computer a little while back, it was still showing that, that iRacing was only trying to use like a couple gigs of my my four gig card, because I don't think the, the auto configure saw it properly or something. But so it's probably worth taking a look at. See,
1: I've run the config on mine when I put my 1070 in, which is eight gigs. And it still stayed around 4 gigs. I don't know if there's like a limit of what it will use. Um, I should probably read through this and comment figure out what's going on.
0: It could be a DX11 limit, who knows, uh, or Windows limit. Uh, but anyway, remember what that's for. Tony, what's next?
4: Oh, we got a shout-out on the Twitter from PGZ uh, uh, PGZXCV. Um,
0: Bejeezy. All right. I like that. So it's a shout out on Twitter about some story we talked about, about a piece of hardware that helped him with his uh, rig or something. It's some kind of adapter for his wheel.
1: Well, he actually got the Max Pappas adapter. Oh. um, With the Max Pappas wheel with the adapter. And he had a G29, which has like the rotary knob for like brake bias and stuff. And they actually, there is an adapter you can buy that will allow that wheel to work with the G29 and not just the 27 and the 920.
0: Oh, I see. He sent a picture of it too. It's like a machined metal little spacer and it's got, you know, six screws to go with it.
4: Yeah, and so it, uh, yeah, it, it pulls that that steering wheel you want to you wanna put on the G29 um, out far enough so you still have... It looks like it'd still be kind of hard to access them, but you still have access to, to some of the bottom buttons. And, um, well, I guess actually all the buttons, uh, some of them would be extremely difficult to still hit, but, uh, yeah, you could still get it done.
1: Yeah. At that point, that's when you get that push to talk button in a button box and you're good to go. Yes, I like sir. it.
0: I yeah, like nice. it.
4: Very nice option for the G29. Um, I know there's not a whole lot out there, so that's good.
0: If you look carefully at the metal piece, it's got the bigger screw holes for the six screws that go into the the base of the steering wheel. But just outside of that is a second hole with a smaller screw, and that's for the Max Pappas wheel to go screw into. So they don't quite line up, and that's what this adapter's for. Pretty cool. Well, yeah. Thanks for the shout out, uh, PGZ. We appreciate that. Uh, let's jump to the next one. Uh, real life racers in the iRacing world. Ty Majewski, our favorite, uh, on for a long time on the podcast. He wins at the Slinger Nationals, which is a probably the most famous uh, super late model race in the country. And uh he he got the win, guys, and guess what? He had I racing on the hood. So he's representing for sure.
3: I miss this. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I think Eric Jones was there running as well. Uh, but he showed him what's up, man. Yeah,
3: yeah I don't that's know how good. that dude doesn't have like a full time Xfinity ride by now. He's he's awesome.
4: Yeah, give it time. It's kind of nice to uh see him back in the in the winter circle, we haven't, uh, we haven't actually talked about him for a little while now. So Well, nice. he is
0: running for Roush, okay. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, he, no, yeah. I know he's a busy boy.
0: I, I understand. Well, and Sproul. Roush ain't necessarily winning anything either.
1: He actually posted, um, it looks like they got fastest um, in final practice about 25 minutes ago.
0: Oh, for Kentucky?
1: Yep, yep, he's running at Kentucky in the Xfinity and fastest in final practice.
0: Nice. All right, go get him. Majuski. All right, final uh, story. Will, you got it.
1: Yeah, so we have a uh, iRacing-sponsored truck at Eldora. Um, iRacing's hopping on with Hatori Racing to sponsor Brett Moffitt. Brett yeah, Moffitt? Yeah,
2: a big deal. My buddy actually works on that car. Um, that's a pretty big deal because they, they needed some sponsorship, and they stepped up at the perfect time because they've been running really good this year. Three wins already.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be good for both of them. Yeah, I, think it, I think he has a better chance in those trucks than a lot of the guys that run in the truck series, <laughs> even though he hasn't ran at Eldora. Like, he, like I think he said, you know, he can practice on iRacing, so he's good to go.
1: Yeah, yeah I think it will really showcase. It's really going to show showcase what iRacing can do for a driver if he performs well. Um, not ever racing there before, and that team's struggling for sponsorship, but performing really well. So I think it's a, a perfect fit for iRacing to jump on with them.
0: Primary sponsor, guys. That means diecast. That's oh, gonna yeah. be cool. I hope it means diecast. It'll be a truck, I racing truck diecast, hopefully. But uh, yeah, Brett Moffat, he's a he's a hot one. I mean, didn't he have a win this week already? And uh, three of them. Yeah. So I mean, he's hot right now. If he can do well, like Will says, that's a great thing. All right, let's jump into final thoughts. We're out of time, guys. Uh, Chris Scales, what's first?
3: Um, am well, ready to race tonight I don't know and it's, it's a, with this fixed race the way the, the week started it's probably going to be a nightmare so I think I'm going to try to qualify and if I qualify in the top 5 then we'll go from there and if, if not I think am just going to start from pit ropes. I think that's going to be in the front or the back but nowhere in the middle because it's, it's been bad so far
0: yeah and that's your split I think in my splits it's been green actually towards the beginning of these races so yeah so keep that in mind Alright, Tony Groves, final thoughts.
4: Well, uh Yeah, I, I did not have a very good experience at my first Kentucky race. I'm hoping I might be able to uh to do the fixed one on Sunday night. I'll be camping this weekend so I'm out for all the other races. Um but uh you know, even with all the all the garbage happening on the track, I'm still I'm still digging the, I'm still digging running around Kentucky. It is a fun track to drive. Um, so, here's hoping I get a start uh, Sunday night. Um, had a great time running with you, Bobby, uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, to running with our the other new guys that have come on. Um, and uh, I will send a shout out to to Joe because uh, well, he said he's listening. So, <laughs> hopefully, we'll get you on here soon.
0: All right. Thanks for that. All right, Will Gibson, final thoughts.
1: Uh, Not a whole lot here. Just uh, glad to do a podcast with no hockey issues. Um, But, yeah, no, it's um, good to see the team doing good. I've been doing a lot of, like, uh, graphic design stuff for us, and I think those projects are coming together really nice and got more people on the team, so I'm going to have to keep up. And, yeah, things are going really good here. It's nice to be talking about wins. It feels like week in and week out, so good job, guys.
0: Yeah, thanks Will for stepping up and doing some of that social media, graphic design kind of stuff and today's day and age when you run a team it's more than just uh, turning wrenches and putting cars on the track so to speak there's a, a whole different marketing aspect to it, uh, some great videos that Will has put together recently if you guys want to see him check out our, our page Tifosi Racing on Facebook good stuff there alright uh, Bobby Jonas, final thoughts, thanks for joining us
2: uh, ah, it's a pleasure to be here, guys. I've really enjoyed the last two days. It's been some of the most fun I've had in iRacing quite a while. It was a little frustrating last season with NIS not going very well last year. And looking forward to seeing what we can all do together and maybe help Will out some of some of that graphics work. A little bit of my wheelhouse back there. Cool.
0: Oh, yeah, there's always a need for volunteers. So, yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, my final thoughts this week, uh, boy, you know, I can't believe I backed up my win by almost winning at Kentucky. I got that P2, got a P8. Uh, I was leading with 20 to go in the top split, but I kind of blew that. But, man, I, the confidence is high. Uh, with I, I had no idea I was going to run this good at Kentucky. So um, I'm excited about tonight's race coming up in about 45 minutes. Uh, I'm stoked uh I'll run Sunday night as well and see what I can get but uh New Hampshire's next and and I'm excited uh the team's growing we added some new blood recently I'm I'm glad the guys are with us and uh excited for everybody who's uh, been involved so uh it's been a lot of fun and with that we'll see you later